0: most studio owners decide to open their fitness and wellness businesses because they want to help people and add more meaning to their lives. Their heart is in the right place, they're great people, but scaling a profitable business that feels incredible to own and run is trickier than ever before. So where they get stuck is no one's ever shown them how to run a wildly successful business without the overwhelm and the chaos. Plus, they're doing it all alone. Until now. Welcome to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast for ambitious boutique studio owners who are allergic to average and know they're capable of more. They're just missing the how. I'm Dozer, your host, CEO and founder of the Geronimo Academy, and together with my crew and my community of owners and managers who are the doers and the implementers, we are on a mission to pioneer a better way to own and operate a health and fitness business while building a life you love, not hate. So if you're ready to push the boundaries, level up your money, meaning an impact, and stop doing it alone, then you're in the right place. This is going to be raw and unfiltered, zero bullshit. So take a deep breath, strap yourself in, and let's get fucking started. Before we go on, you're probably wondering, what gives me the right to tell you how to run your business? So for the first episode of the Dronimo Unfiltered Podcast, I want to share something with you raw and unfiltered, and that's our origin story. Who are we? Where do we come from? What happened on that day? I opened the letterbox and the one big, tough, scary decision we needed to make that ultimately led us here. I can tell you now that whatever you're going through, we've been there. So pour yourself a coffee and come and get to know us on today's episode. well like the origin origin story was when we started our first gym which was the f45 in glebe here in sydney previous to that i was always in marketing in branding i was running australia's most valuable brand at 27 then i went into kind of tech and then i went into doing some product stuff with all the telcos in australia and then um i ended up overseas because i had a bit of a health scare where i had to have a heart operation and i flatlined through that operation and when i came out of that i thought to myself hang on a second this was 2011 there's fucking way more to life than selling more phones or whatever it was that i was doing at the time so i said to my wife you know what that overseas trip that we've been planning for eight years let's actually do something about this and let's book the trip yeah so we basically had a plane ready to go on christmas eve 2011 we said goodbye to everyone and then we booked a one-way ticket out and we didn't come back from there couple of years which is when i lived with these guys overseas in london so then when i got home from that trip i thought fuck there's like i want to do something way more meaningful with my life than just doing more of the corporate marketing shout out to all the marketers out there's nothing wrong with it but it just wasn't my vibe anymore so we'll get to that story in a second you tell your bit and then we'll then it links yeah, up and that links up
1: yeah so i left school i thought i wanted to be a lawyer like shoot me now i came to my senses pretty quick and decided a much more exciting career so i decided to be a banker instead um, <laughs> so much, personally. So, I spent 20 years in, in banking and finance. I was working night shift in Australia for a long time as a foreign exchange dealer. And then I went to the Middle East, went to Abu Dhabi before the GFC. Did a couple of years in Abu Dhabi, did a couple of years in London, had our first child, and then decided to move a bit closer to home for the family reasons. Uh, did a little bit of the time in Singapore. And then, yeah, I was just over it by then 20 years in finance. So there was definitely more to life. You know, I had that same age that those I had. An inkling that there was more to, um, you know, just playing by someone else's rules. Mm. So, I moved home with the family, quit my job, didn't really know what to do. So, you know, I was looking for another job in banking. But while I was doing that, I sort of bumped into a mutual friend of ours from school. And he said, oh, mate, have you caught up with Dozer recently? I said, no, no, what's up? He goes, oh, he's like, shit, man, like, have you heard about his heart? I said, no, I haven't. Because yeah, you better give him a call. So, I was like, shooting myself, right? So, we caught up at a local cafe and those are like walked in, strutted in, big smile on his face. I'm like, uh, uh, even to be like really sick. Like bed. He goes, ah, that's fine. I'm just taking a bit of sick leave off. So obviously he explained what was happening with his heart, but we both realized that we we're looking for the next opportunity outside of the careers. And does he goes, you got any ideas? I said, look, yeah, look, there's one thing I've been kicking around, but you probably haven't heard of it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, me too. Same same thing, but yeah, you, you probably haven't heard of it. And then we said, oh, well, w- what is it? And like on three, we both said F45. And we're like, Okay. And this was 2013. 13. Yeah. This was 10 years ago, no one had heard of it. Yeah. There was just a handful. A handful open. It wasn't, Would it work? Yeah. It wasn't the thing that it, that it is nowadays. And we're like, yeah. Why don't we do this thing together? See how it goes. Do you know what we realized was like when I was over in
0: London? I was doing CrossFit pretty badly, but I kind of looked around the room and saw all these members there that were paying, I don't know how many squid, but I was thinking to myself, like, I just watching everyone warm up, and, like, every time I would, like, come back for a session, there's more people in this room, more people in this room, more people in this room, and it was pretty expensive, and I thought to myself, hang on a second, and then suddenly, like, they all started wearing the same shoes, and then they all started taking the same fucking fish oils, and they started taking, they're, eating, they're always eating paleo, and then, like, the CrossFit, the games, that they were talking about the games, and then... We hosted a streaming party, and this is probably where the entrepreneur in me started to kind of like pick up on something because I was like, I didn't know anyone, but my wife and I decided to host a streaming party. You get a couple of fucking, we're just complete random Aussies. Come to our place and we'll do it there. I was doing like market research. So I would just ask them all these questions about why they're at this gym paying all this money. And, um... They said that they didn't really care about the training. It was just about the community. And I thought, that's bloody interesting. But like back home in Sydney, like no one's doing community stuff back home. So I started looking around at that time. And so when I saw the F45 thing pop through, I thought, fuck, this could be it. So then, yeah,
1: we... Yeah. I was going to open 20. Daz was going to open 30. Just yeah. You know, and we settled on one. And thank God we did because we found it pretty quickly we bit off a lot more than we could chew, even with the one.
0: Even that day that we came in and told our wives that we were hoping a fucking gym, they would have thought we were just, yeah, just crazy. Mm. And they still do. Yeah. But we just thought like, wouldn't it be great to create a space that we'd actually want to be part of as a member, right? Because neither of us are certified. Neither of us, I mean, like, we're trying our best, but, you know, we don't look like fitness models, obviously. Yeah. And we're just not even from that world. So we thought like, let's just have a crack because at least we'd have a good story when we're 80 years old. Mm. So... We opened on December the 6th, 2014, and made every bad decision that you made a good make
1: Yeah. You name it. You name it, we did it. Yeah. Everything. Everything under the sun. Because when we got into it, we went into F45 for a reason. It's easy to look back now and think, oh, you know, we, we picked the trend. We certainly liked the concept of it, but what got us is that we're buying into a franchise, we're buying into, or well, it was a license back then, we're buying into something so we didn't have to figure it all out ourselves. I had a full-time job by then. Dozer had a full-time job. You know, it was meant to be... For us, it was meant to be a side hustle, a bit of a passion project while we'll figure things out. So, when we bought the thing, F45 was brand new back then. So, like, we signed the paperwork with the guy who ended up the CEO of the company. And his pitch deck was a a penal graph with, like, yeah, it's it's easy, guys. You're just going to get three members every single week. And in in six months time, you're going to be full. And this is all the money you're going to be making. And it's easy. So, we're like, great. That sounds good. We don't know anything about business or gyms or anything, but... Yeah, how hard could it be, right? The graph looked great. On the numbers sky the graph looked great. I gave it the, the tick of approval. And we walked in and we're like, where are all the fucking members? What, what do we do now? For the first few months, like we would create fake profiles in mind body, like to
0: the gym membership software, just to pretend that there's more people in the class. There not there was no one there, man. And mainly our lives. It was, yeah. So somehow we um we just kept thinking, okay, well let's just do what the other gyms do, right? And then we tried this. And then we tried this and we tried their way of doing things, we tried their way of doing things, and it just nothing was kind of really sticking and then we stopped and thought to ourselves like hang on a second why are we trying to be like other gyms because for a start people hate gyms and mostly mostly gyms are broke so we fumbled our way to you know about 200 and something members and that was the level that hq always said that's all you need to get to but you know it sounded good in theory and in that kind of excel spreadsheet but then you look at the back account there was nothing like there wasn't it, it wasn't enough it wasn't enough. And we'd already gone through our first head trainer kind of stealing from us and just normal shenanigans that everyone sort of has to deal with. But that was really important for us to go through that growth cycle as well. But then something really happened just after Newsday, after we've had the gym for about two or three years. Coming up, Yeah, it was coming up to three years.
1: So like, the context here is, those first few years, Like, and like, a lot of owners still think this, I'm sure right now, is like you kind of tell yourself a story. You go, oh, look, I'm not making any money this month, but you know, there's a good vibe, or it's we're doing okay, or like you just you're working bloody hard, and the story you tell yourself is that look, it'll come through next month. Next month, or you've got the yeah you've got the bars or the or the the land tax bill. There's always something which means at the end of the month you're either going a little bit backwards or there's nothing to show for all the hard work. So look, we we're kidding ourselves mm. those, those first couple of years. There's a lot of work. By then Dozer had quit his job and, and he'd gone full time in the gym. So we had a lot on the line. We had to make it work. And yeah, there just wasn't, that money just wasn't there in the bank account at the end of the month. But you know, it didn't really dawn on us until, you know, I remember I was in Bondi and Dozo sent me a, a photo. Thank God he did it. But we had this letterbox that we never opened. Never. Opened. Never. And for some reason, on New Year's Day that year, Dozo was possessed to open the, the letterbox and he found this letter and he, he just took a photo of it. He goes, I think this is, this is a bill or something. Can you sort it out? So I get this letter and it says, we're doing a review of your rent because lease is up at the three-year point. It's going to go up 100%. So your rent's going to double. You've got seven days to contest it. Otherwise, as per the leasing act or something, it's like locked in and you're stuck with this for the next three years. So to put that in context,
0: I never checked this fucking letterbox. The that was there really for like for so long, right? Something in the universe happened where I, I just thought to open it that day. And it was probably on the second day of the seven day period thank fuck because when I sent it to him it was like we have to do something about this
1: the blood drained out of my face I'm like oh god man like this is that would have been it
0: yeah that would have been it that would have been it it was a real point where we had to make a decision about what we do here and it was a real moment where like I remember coming home through the previous winter and we weren't making any money and I was too scared I didn't know how to tell Michelle my wife who was pregnant at the time and we were in our new home that we've got a big mortgage for I didn't know how to tell her that I think we're broke. So, I didn't. And this is before the red doubled. Yeah, (laughs) and backed ourselves. So, when this letter turned up, bang. And it was like, fuck, okay, we've got to do something here. So, we both didn't sleep for two days and, like, Benny was like, oh, we'll take it to the courts and we'll do this and I'll go, okay. But, like, either way, it will go up at a certain level and we're going to fight how much it, it will increase by. But either way, it will increase. We know that it will increase. So, either way, we need to make a decision, right? And so, we looked at each other and said, there's three ways that we can respond here. The first way is we can retreat and shut, Right. The second way was nothing, like we do nothing and then we just accept the 150, which was the new rent. Or the third way was we decide to turn this into a defining moment and then we just take massive action towards it. And maybe what if this was the best thing that ever happened to us? So we thought there's no fucking way we put all this effort in. I got Lloyd out of my previous work so I couldn't go back there. You were fucking jack of banks. So we thought, let's take option 3 and let's fucking go hard. So, we said, okay, the plan is you go take the guy to the courts and he took that angle and I had to figure out how we find 100 members in the next 5 minutes. Basically, otherwise we would toast. So, you took our mate to court?
1: I did I did my bit. So, yeah, we got it down in the end, but yeah, we knew that was going to be a process that was going to take, you know, 6, 8, 12 weeks whatever it's going to be. So, like it's a sort of bought dose of the time and the headspace just to just to like roll the dice. Do- it was like literally our last roll of the dice. It's like, what are we going to do to come up with a plan? And like, bear in mind, we'd been in business for for about three years by that stage, so it wasn't as simple as a a wobble board on the corner or of flyers in the bloody the shopping centre. Like, we had to like we had to do something drastically different. So this was 2016, so the market was very different to in local area marketing back then as it was now. Like when we opened up, it was all about yeah, do a flyer drop. Uh, Groupons. Yes. group. Oh, do a on Yeah, disgusting. Two week free trials. Bad. you know, like back then, like you had to be an average owner and hang up an f forty five challenge banner, and and thirty people would sign up. But all that kind of, you know, some of that initial momentum had had gone out of the market. So like it was to find a hundred members out of nothing was yeah. We had to do something different. So, this was the point
0: where, like I said earlier, this was the point where we reviewed what we were doing. It was we like, hang on a second. Fucking, why are we doing it like this? Because the other gyms do it. Because we got told to by HQ or something. And it's like, it doesn't fucking work. We're not making any money on this bit here. And everyone else is broke as well. So, that night, I remember, for those that have seen Jerry Maguire, I had a full Jerry Maguire moment that night. And stayed up all night and wrote this, like, manifesto, like, this plan and it was typical like the theatrical and like it was a thunderstorm outside it was in the middle of the night I was upstairs like tap 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 like just on the coffees and then we devised a new I taught myself how to run Facebook ads and um, I'd wrote myself a sales script that as I was typing I remember as I was typing and I was like there's no fucking way someone's going to sign up to this but I'm going to just try it anyway but
1: going back a step so he goes okay so what's, what's the plan does So how we, I'm fighting it in court what's the plan he goes you can run these like ads on Facebook or something. I said, "Oh <laughs> God, it's another idea. Like, it's another but like, it was the only idea. And like back then, no one was doing Facebook ads. So it was, it was blue sky. So that, that's the direction we
0: took. Yeah. I remember making my first ad, having taught myself and made my first ad went live with our own money. Right. This wasn't like back in the previous jobs I had, it was other people's money. Mm. So this was my fucking money or well, our money. Right. It was the same $20 that we would have taken one of our kids to the zoo that weekend. Right. Same money put the money in, send the ad live, cross our fingers, fuck, this better work because I've got nothing else aside from this and we might get shut down here. And then that first lead, boop, dropped through. And I'm like, oh, shit. And this is like before, every, like now everyone's doing it, right? Like, like Now doing everyone's it, doing it. Everyone's doing it. But back then it was like, we were the first in the network to shut off the free trials. We were the first in the network to go to paid trials. We were the first in the network to actually charge like over $100 for anyone to get started in Air 45 the very first. So when the first lead dropped through and I made that first phone call, I remember I was at my desk at home. And I had, like, back when the Apple earphones were, like, the ones with the cords. And I sat there and I went through this script and I was, like, shaking with nerves on this, like, person on the phone. And I was, like, reading through the scripts, reading through the script, blah, 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 blah. And the guy, like, the guy was still there. I was like, this is amazing. How the hell is he still here? Get down to the end. And I didn't have belief in myself on this one. And I got right down to the end where there's the line that I wrote, which was the close. And it was, and would you like to put that on your Visa or MasterCard? And I thought, no, I can't this is not going to work. I'm fucking toast. I don't know how I'm going to tell my show it broke. And then the guy goes, um, visa, and I went, oh, fuck, shit, shit. and I didn't even have a pen. I was like, not even thinking about it, right? So I pulled the notes up, typed his credit card details in my phone, and like, boom, we were off. Anyway, and then I saw the next hundred in like record time. The gym was packed. It doubled. We were doing 120k months in that one studio, absolutely unheard of, absolutely unheard. Of. We won all these awards. We turned this place, like we said that we've got to be the anti-gym and we really built an identity around this gym and the people that were in it. Uh, we made our own uniforms. We don't mind about compliance hearing all this. We turned the TVs off. Like we just made it our own fucking thing. And it was because, going back to that letter, is because we decided to turn this into a defining moment and what if this was the best thing that ever happened to us? And it was. It honestly was. Like we actually joke about maybe sending the guy a Christmas present every year saying thank you. Because that was the origin, origin to Geronimo. Because what happened was people took notice, like other people in the industry took notice of like our rise and how it happened and the fact that we were doing ads and that, and they'd ask me, how are you doing these days? And then I'd try and explain to them and they're like, oh, too much. Can you just do it for me? And that's basically how it started. Mm.
1: So what we realized along the way as well. So that first gym blew up, it was going really well. We thought, fuck, we're onto something here. We'll just get as many of these as we can. Copy, paste, copy, paste. Do it again. The problem was, yeah, so about three or four years into the journey by that stage. So F45 in Sydney had sold out and, you know, we were going to buy one in America or or Victoria. I mean, we wanted something that we could add a pinch drive to. There was a couple in Sydney that was for sale on the second hand market. So we went around, we saw a few, and there was one, a bit of an unpolished diamond in Kensington. So this guy had two for sale. He had Ramwick, which was his flagship studio. had this balcony overlooking the sea. Uh, It was beautiful. Like we we looked at him and like, oh, this is amazing. And then we said, to him, okay, it was it was expensive. And we said, oh, how many more members can we squeeze in? He goes, oh, you could probably fit another five or 10 members in here. So, we're like, okay. So, there's no upside on this gym. It was fucking all. point out there. Yeah. And then we said, you have another one? He goes, yeah, Kenzo, but that's a bit, it's a bit run down. I've got to pump it up still. And yeah, it's probably not worth it. It was like the ugly brother. Yeah. So, we went down to the Kensington studio. and We're like, you know what? This is, this had the bare bones of a great little studio. So, long story short, we bought that studio and we're thinking, look, it's 10 minutes down the road from Glebe like, inner east versus inner west. Like, in the same franchise. Like, how different can these these two studios be? Look, we rolled in. It might as well have been on, on Mars. We rolled in on day one. All right, guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're the owners. Um, and then Four. five out of six trainers vanished. And then about 40 members vanished. So, we brought it with 100 members. 40, 40 vanished overnight. and and then, row- and then there was some, like, bullying and bad community vibe shit going on. So, Dozer had, had to actually fire I, members.
0: Yeah. I was started receiving screenshots of chat groups that were set up for the purpose of fat shaming other members. And get this, there were fucking trainers in that chat. Mm. Fucking trainers in that chat, which we hate, right? Again, from the start, we wanted to create a place that we would feel comfortable in, our mothers would feel comfortable in. Like, it was... Yeah. So, it was so against us. So, that Friday morning, I got to the studio. Most of them were in the 6am class. It's Always 6amers. Shout out to the 6amers. When they walked out on like Parade... Close the door behind them and said, "All right, you fifteen. That was your last class. You've been terminated on the spot." Because it's like, even though we needed the revenue, that was just against my values and our values, and and we just didn't want that. Yeah, so no, but, yeah. it just it got worse.
1: Yeah. So we walked in. and We bought <laughs> a gym for about half a million bucks, and that that had about thirty members in it. Well, okay. All right. This is Good move. this is not great. So yeah, what we realized we're, we're really confident with our acquisition machine: how we find members, how we sell them, how we how we keep them, and we just thought that you know, going into this new studio that that's all we need to do it was mm. just lay that on top of the, the business. But what we realized was there was no like core of the business. Mm. There was no like core foundational operating system. There's no processes, there's no systems. There was no culture, like in terms of the team or the members. It was um, you know, it was an empty shell of a business. So, you know, flicking some ads on wasn't gonna actually fix anything for that one. So like even though we had about three members left, we're like, you know, we you gotta just take that time here and actually all the stuff that we just figured out ourselves mm. in Glebe the hard way over three years that we just took for granted. It wasn't in this other studio. So, we had to install all that stuff in, which took a little bit of time. But once those foundations were in place, then we turned the ads on and then that one took off as well. So, you know, I think at the lowest, they had about 30 or 40 members. And we actually got that one up to full. Sold out. Sold out. Jam-packed, full, 227 members. You could barely swing a kettlebell without taking someone out. It was chockers. But it felt great.
0: It was, it felt awesome that we just pushed through all of it. Like so many small business owners, particularly, it's fucking hard yakka. Mm. It's really hard yakka. And it's, it's just these snakes and ladders up and down, up and down, up and down. You wonder why anyone does it, particularly because there's like 80% of the backbone of the Australian economy. And most economies is like, you know, all the small businesses. But it takes a special person to be able to get through all of that and then still show up every single day and like pour into your team who's pouring into your members. And so that's kind of why Geronimo, you know, part of the reason why it exists is because it, we really want to unearth and bring together the good people out there that actually want to be connected with others that are going through the same journey mm. and like show them a better way. There's a lot of that shit that we probably didn't have to go through to be honest. Like now that we know and now that we solve those problems, I think there's a part of that suffering that's really important, but there's a lot of the junk that there was no learning from it. So I'm grateful that that all happened. In fact, it took the two lockdowns. It took the two lockdowns for both of those studios to get the record members. And then we sold them through that period at a high multiple that we thought there's no fucking way someone's looking to buy a gym at the moment. Turns out-
1: Yeah. Well, even before that. So, just before COVID. You know, the gyms are going pretty well. So, we sat down at Centennial Park and, you know, Dose and I had a bit of a chat about the business and what the plans were for the year. Dose goes, well, what are your plans for the year for the businesses? And I said, I want to sell them. And what about you? He goes, I want to buy 10 more. I'm like, okay. Cool, it's so on the same page then. So, all right, a bit of a creative difference on this one. So, look, we, we spoke about it. And I said, look, this is not a today decision, but, you know, selling a gym, it's not going to take three seconds. It's probably going to take 12 months. So, if we're going to be doing it in the next six to 12 months, you know, we need to start thinking about it now. So, put the feelers out and start the process. So, look, I have talked to those around. We got them on the market around mid-February that year. And about three seconds later- Someone start, had a bat. Someone had a bat. And those things that, you know, were worth millions of dollars were worth zero overnight. So we're like, okay, great. We're literally back to the starting point. Uh, Again, but uh, another defining moment. Another defining moment. Yeah, so we were getting phone calls from our mates
0: overseas and they were going, boys, it's fucking bad over here. They're having to choose between like trying to save an 80-year-old or someone a bit younger who they've actually got a chance and like it's fucking coming. And we were just like, holy shit. And then we started seeing cancellations and suspensions and it was like an avalanche was about to happen and everyone thought the worst, right? And so I was stuck in a doom scroll, man. Like I was either stuck on news or Tiger King, or somewhere between those two. That was at that time. And then when Scam stood up on stage, the Prime Minister of Australia stood up and said, all right, for tomorrow at midday, gyms are closed. That happened at uh, on a Sunday night, and we thought, fuck, there it is. Like, the news that we'd all been hearing, this kind of, like, rumour that that was going to happen just got announced. And the same thing, we called each other up and said, there's three ways to deal with this. We either retreat, we do nothing, or we decide to turn this into a defining moment and make this the best thing that fucking happened to us. It's always a third, always a third from price.
1: But you're like, from now on. the temptation was there because all the owners were like, you know, we're going to lobby the government to stay open because we're essential on this and that. We're like, you know what? Like, Good luck with that. Like, that might work. It probably won't. But what a waste of time and energy to, like, to choose that option. So the next morning,
0: I come into the Gleaves studio, and it felt like a fucking funeral. People were like, our members were walking in, and I was like, sorry, Does, sorry, Does, sorry, Does so I didn't even know what to tell the team. Like, they obviously were watching the news, and they, were, like, they knew it was happening as well. So I had to, like, to be honest, and no one's probably ever heard this before, but, like, I had to completely make up stories to pretend I was way more confident than I was in front of the team, that we've got it all figured out. We've got it all figured out. We know what to do. So we all sat together after the last class happened, and there was, like, three people in. It was just like us and the team. And I said, you know what, guys? We're going to fucking do this. If our members, if they're not getting the hope and the belief out there, they have to get it from us. If they're not getting it from us, then where else are they getting it from? So it was never about the trainings. Like, we need to be there for these guys. We don't know how long this will go for. This is like a race with no end. We're going to make this a defining moment and we're going to make a statement. So even though Skirma was going to shut us off at 12 o'clock, our very first online class, we went live at 11 a.m., one hour before we were... Being forced to because we wanted to do it on our terms. And for the threat, the entire lockdown, that 11 a.m. session was the most popular session. There was just something about that session because it was like the start of it. And we carried the entire suburb, like, wasn't just our members, you know, the entire community through that first lockdown. And as stressful as it was, looking back on it, I actually really fucking love that time. We just became something else.
1: Yeah, it really galvanized the team. And yeah, as does said right at the top, like, it was always about the community. And this is our chance to, like, we didn't have the four walls. The only thing that we had was the community. Mm. And yeah, people got around it. We kept half of our members paying us something over lockdown. And a lot of them said, guys, just just don't turn me down. Like, don't turn me down. Even if I can't train, I want to support. Because they wanted
0: to do it for each other.
1: They, they realized how
0: important it was for it to stay open for each other mm. to go through that whole social distancing and everyone can, you know, isolated. So, yeah.
1: Each other and the team as well. Yeah. You know? Like, we kept all our staff on. Yeah, so through the two lockdowns. Well, yeah, we're coming towards the end of the first lockdown. And this is when Gladys was still here. And, and she was posturing that this lockdown was going to end. We knew that the entire market had lost every single one of their gym members. We knew the entire market had their ads off. We're like, this thing is wide open for the taking. We need to get in there. We need to get, the, get in there first because it's going to be a bloody free-for-all. We can just scoop up the market. Land grab. Absolutely land grab. We can just scoop up all these members who have been like let down by their other gyms and just dominate. So as soon as Gladys was hinting that there's going to be some kind of opening coming soon, those is like, okay, we're, we're on here. So we again, we made up a new product. I think we're selling deposits to get back into the gym whenever it opened. And because everyone was just sitting around at home all day doing nothing, they couldn't believe that the gym was calling them to offer them something. So they're having great conversations. People were committing. They were so bored at home. They'd sign up to anything. So eventually, it was maybe three or four weeks later when we got the opening date. We actually opened both of our studios full to the brim straight away.
0: Record numbers, record profit, record everything. And it's because a couple of smart moves like that, but I just genuinely think it was because the wider community must have seen that we didn't stop. Even though we were, like we said, we, we're not shut, the doors are closed, but we've just moved the party online. Like we just did not stop. For the entire community, like broader than our members. So I think that was the kind of like the delayed, I guess, payback, I suppose, you know, the reciprocity from the community.
1: In the background, Joramo had been started up in the background. It started out, he did a couple of photos for a studio and then did a little bit of work with their team on some stuff that, you know, that it, that he was doing with our team. So Joramo, it, it had started by then, but it was it was a very different beast to, to what it is now. So yeah, we're coming out of lockdown. We had two studios absolutely cranking. I guess the best thing about COVID was that it actually brought the F45 owners together as well. Mm. So there was a, a much better community with the owners. And when on the champions page, they're actually talking to each other about business, how they're getting, getting through lockdown, what they're doing. There was a lot of chat coming out of lockdown. I was like, oh, how are you going? Oh, not too bad. I'm only down 50%. What about you, Bob? Yeah, not too bad. I'm only down 30%. How are you going, Doz? We're full. Sorry, what do you mean full? Fine. Full. Full, full. As in which studio? Both. Oh, how'd you do that? And then Dozer would run through our lockdown exit strategy. And we'd always get yeah, the same two answers. they go, oh, that sounds amazing, but I don't know how to do it. Or they'd say, that sounds amazing, but oh, I just don't have the time. Can you help? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. We've got a full team. Who does this? We didn't. It was me and a VA. <laughs> so that was when Geronimo really started to started to take off.
0: Yeah. I remember sitting on the couch late at night and someone texted me and said, hey, they're talking about you on the Champions page. I was like, fuck, what have I done now? Which, sorry, the Champions page is like an internal Facebook group for all the F45 owners. So I logged on, I looked and it, yeah, just someone recommended me. And then everyone's like, pum, 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 pum. I just started like my phone blew up and I was like, fuck, we're on to something here. So I thought, yeah, this is, um, this is something that we want to kind of lean into. And obviously there's great people out there that I really want to help, like good people. I just want to help good people win. Like we just want to help good people win and they're out there and they're going through some suffering. Some of it's worth it and some of it's just not. And the reality is like most gym owners, most boutique studio owners are overwhelmed, underpaid and lonely as fuck. So I thought, you know what? Like, this is a really big problem for me to solve and I'm excited about solving big problems. But the gyms were full. Like, I could probably get another couple of members at both gyms. They just didn't excite me as much as, what if we could impact a million people around the world? What if we could solve a real problem for the entire industry so that all the members out there who, you know, sometimes suffer with some shit experiences at, like, other studios, they wouldn't have to go through that either. So, you
1: know, having two successful studios, going again wasn't as appealing to us as making a bigger impact across the industry. And I guess for us in particular, like we'd seen both sides of the coin. We'd seen what it was like when things were bad and tough and not working. And we'd seen when things were really good. There was a tiny tweak between them. Like we just found the one thing that worked and tripled down on it and then just did the reps. Yeah. And that's what got us the success. So like showing this unlock to a couple of those early studios and then seeing them have those breakthroughs and then seeing them make tens of thousands of dollars extra money every single month. Yeah, it, it was it was exciting, wasn't it? It was. I just think it's also because people bought
0: a franchise. Like it was meant to have been a something, you know, out of a box, and it works. But it's got nothing to do with 845 forty five HQ as a, a team. But it's just more about the typical business model of a off the shelf standard boutique health and fitness studio is broken. It doesn't make money, particularly with the conversion rates and all the different numbers, you know, which we'll talk about in, in further episodes. It doesn't make money the way it should. And we had to just hot wire it because we just thought, fuck, there's got to be a better way to do this. And we leaned into our background in finance and in marketing. So before we wrap this one up as our origin story, what are the three things that you are most grateful for of the journey so far? Just the studio part.
1: We learned a lot in the struggle. We learned a lot in the struggle. It didn't come easy to us. We had to figure it out. But when we figured it out, things clicked into gear. We see a lot of people who come to us and, and they talk about pre-COVID, you know? And some owners just fluked it. They, they just they just rode the wave of momentum in the market. That was never the case for us. We had to do it the hard way, which I'm grateful for because there's no substance behind momentum. So when that mm-hmm. momentum goes, because guess what? There's gonna be another steer that opens up. There's gonna be a new craze, there's gonna be a next thing. That's gonna to happen to everyone. Yeah. So if there's no substance behind your business, you don't actually learn anything. You don't have a business you've just got you've got a fad so i'm really grateful for that you can go second
0: i am grateful for the team that believed in us enough to keep following us and we've grown as leaders you know we we have grown as leaders and we've invested a lot into how we become better leaders but it's it makes it worth it to see because like all the money aside like the money side the members aside and all you know like the actual business performance aside My highlights have been developing the people into being able to do things that they never thought they could. So, yeah, I'm really grateful of, you know, our team members like Sophie, who walked in that day as a member. Then, you know, we trained her up as a trainer and then we gave her a shot as our captain of the largest F45 in Australia at 19. And, you know, she took the Glebe studio through lockdown one and two. And now she's in Geronimo helping change lives all over the world. Anna, who walked in that day in Geronimo in CAF on Valentine's Day, I think three years ago, or whatever. She was the very first person that sold me when I interviewed her for a sales role. And now she's turning gym owners and gym managers into absolute like black belt wolves on the phone all over the world. And yeah, Magic, Mike, and just like people on the way, right?
1: Yeah. We've been blessed to have a, a really strong team through this and now in Geronimo as well. Uh, that's been like a really special part of the journey. Yeah, definitely. Definitely team. So in these next episodes, what we're doing
0: here is, you know, we want to start to document the journey of this movement that we're building to actually see if we can bring Epic Studio owners together. And surely they're out there. Like, there's more out there. We just want to unearth them. We want to tell their stories. We want to bring high performers into their world and take a peek behind the curtains at what makes someone a high performer and what are the clues that drop out of that, that a studio owner to shine their absolute best in the middle of Warp or in one of the cities can actually take that and improve their situation and therefore improve all the lives that they interact with as well. So we promise that this will be raw, unfiltered, cut the bullshit. We know there's plenty of gurus out there and they're all peddling the same sort of things and a bag full of tricks and all that kind of stuff. That's not us, but let us prove that and we'll see you in the next few episodes. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If something resonated with you, then do one of two things. Either leave a review or send this episode to a mate who's in the industry who might need to hear this. But if you want more right now, because your head might be spinning and you're like, all right, right, those—that what the hell do I do right now? Then in the show notes, you'll find a link to where you can book in for a free 15-minute checkup on your studio, where we get to have a look at how you're going right now and where some of the kind of quick win opportunities are to get you moving faster. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week And if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, and I'm in your corner. You are on the right track, and I believe in you. So keep going, and I'll see you next week.